welcome to the Armchair Strategist, where we meet around the coffee maker every morning and turn anything and everything into a business conversation. Here are the Armchair Strategists, Dr. Kent and Randy. Bicycle day today. Welcome everybody to the Armchair Strategists. We're excited to... <laughs> what what are we listening to, Randy? My bike, I want to ride my bicycle. All right. So I want to ride my bicycle. It's something we've got we've all got our bike in our garage or in our apartment or outside our apartment building or you know one of the greatest moments of our childhood is figuring out how to ride the thing and then the joy of riding it it's something we all share and um, there's nothing more important in my mind in a time like today to figure out you know what we all share in common and um bicycles that's certainly one thing yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure that everybody out there has a story about their bicycles. The last time I was actually riding a bicycle was about 18 months ago. The only bicycle in my garage is for my grandson, who is six years old, so it's a little bit small for me. But about 18 months ago, I travelled to San Francisco and my wife and I were there for a couple of days, so we rented bicycles and did the ride across the Golden Gate Bridge to Sausalito. And it was amazing, and it's amazing the freedom and the feel of riding a bicycle. It brings back childhood memories, and it brings back all sorts of fun stuff. So, love bicycles. I also, I like to think about, and you've been in 130 countries, I've been in a bunch, and it just is one thing that the entire world shares. You know, it comes to mind sort of being in Holland and seeing commuters like, I don't know, thousands of commuters just riding bicycles. And uh, in Germany, you know, if you're in the wrong lane as a bicyclist, people will honk their, you know, they'll ding their bells really loud so you get out of the way. And if you're a pedestrian, you might just get, you know, (laughs) run over if you walk through a bike lane. And I think what's remarkable about it too is that it's not gas powered. It's not, doesn't contribute to the environment problems, except when you manufacture one. But it's, it's remarkably amazing all through every continent, all over the world. Bicycles, you know? Yeah, I remember the last time I was in Amsterdam and I, I'd noticed literally, literally thousands and thousands of bicycles in bicycle stands outside the office buildings. And the thought that came to me was how do you find your own bicycle when you come out after work? And there's all sorts. There's, there's bicycles that are pulling kids along in, in carriages behind the, the bicycle, and that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. So our job, our job with the armchair strategist is to kind of take everyday things that are out there and talk about the business aspects. So we're going we're gonna to share just a few stories from our own life, and we hope that it triggers some stories from your life and, you know, share those with your audience, share them with us. Cause we think 
it's just such a neat thing that there is a world bicycle day in particular that it's today and there's so much pessimism and so much difficulty and so much strife and and sadness like bicycles can can be uh something that we all share and that, that mean a lot so I, I i have a story and then randy's got cool stories one um and this is about uh it's just sort of a metaphor of of persecution in a way you know i have all kinds of privilege and I, I had a great upbringing but my dad rode his bike to work every day uh, and it was kind of a long trip it was 25 uh, miles you know 40 kilometers to work every morning and he would wake up early go down the road in the evening he'd come back home on this beautiful orange colnago racing bike he'd get to work shower change and then help little kids he was a pediatrician and one day, on many times he was sort of threatened or people would throw a Coke can out the window or something at him. And one day somebody ran him off the road and he had to dive into the ditch. Luckily he had a helmet on, but he still got knocked out, you know, woke up, came to and said, here I am, you know, the side of the road. I got, I got pushed off the road. And I just, I think about that story in times like this, I don't really have a huge take away from that but to say the marginalization happens in our world in our lives and in business too you know this is something where the little guy gets driven off the road you know where the the person who doesn't have the funds the person who's on a manual bike you know pedaling 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 you know somebody can just drive by in their gas-powered vehicle and give a nudge and they're off the road so it's you know brings up a lot of thoughts it's the inequality of of power, I think, and in business that truly does exist. And part of what we at Thought Leader Path do is to try and reduce the inequality that exists. It was an interesting story about your father, Kent. My father was also a bicycle rider. He was a butcher. His father was also a butcher, and my dad used to deliver meat to all the houses. He had a, a brown wicker basket on the front of his bicycle and be loaded up with meat that he would wow. deliver to all the customers. And uh, apparently one morning he was hit by a, a truck. He was, he was okay. He was badly injured. There was time in the hospital and damaged his ankle and he was, uh, his ankle was never, never right after that. And that was a long time ago. That was pre-war or around the time of the war that, that happened, the Second War. And he grew up, that experience damaged his opinion of bicycles for his entire life. In fact, so much so that I was not allowed to have a bicycle growing up. And it wasn't until I was about 12 or 13 and I wanted to get a summer job and the local post office I'm going to give away my age here. The local post office was actually hiring for telegram delivery boys. What's a telegram, Randy? <laughs> a telegram is, is back in the day before um, faxes and before everybody had even a landline, if you wanted to send an urgent message to somebody, you used to send a telegram. And this message would be wired from wherever you are to a post office close to where the recipient lives. It would type out on a piece of yellow paper, be charged by the word, and 
the paper would be folded up, put in an envelope and handed to the telegram delivery boy, which was, in this case, me. I got the job. Now, when I got the job, of course, they said, do you know how to ride a bicycle? And I had never <laughs> really, I, I, I may have ridden one when I was tiny, may have ridden a cousin's bicycle, but really I'd never ridden a bicycle. You and said, course, you said like, like a good businessman, you said, of course I do. And like a good businessman, I said, of course I do. You know, everybody knows how to ride a bicycle and they gave me the job. And I think I was paid five cents per telegram. It was not a lot. Now, where I lived was really hilly and these bicycles didn't even have gears. So here's me, 13 oh, years wow. old, with my little pillbox hat on and a little jacket that showed that I was a telegram delivery boy, trying to ride a bicycle that I've never ridden before up and down these hills delivering telegrams to people I'd never met. It sounds sounds crazy and it really was, but, you know, I did it and I made my five cents or ten cents per telegram. I can't remember. It was some ridiculously small amount of money. The moral to this one is if you're going to ride a bicycle, you can't do it by reading a book. You, you can't do it by going online and watching a YouTube video, you can't do it. There's only one way to learn to ride a bicycle and that's to get on. And so in this particular case, I just got on and I learned to ride on the job, so to speak. And that's the same with business. You can't learn everything by reading a book. You've got to go out and do it. And so I'm interested here because we have this, we have this sort of lean startup approach that says fail fast. And it almost applies here in a way where, okay, it could be great to fail fast, but it's nice to think about this because you say, all right, fine, you want to fall down a bunch of times and you can get up every time and finally you'll understand how to ride a bike. But our approach is kind of no, right? What if you plan, you try it, you figure out, and as few scrapes as possible, you're going to ride that thing. Yeah, you... you our approach is to find the quickest possible way to the right solution and the quickest possible way to get there without falling off. And one of the things that we have both learned over the years is that there's experts out there that know how to stop you from falling off. And all you yeah, got to do, is, all you gotta do if- is get on the bike and listen to what they say and do what they say, and you can you can shorten the uh, the experience of falling off and scraping your legs fifteen times. You may only do it once, and at that point you're good to go. Or so, not even not even once. If you picture, what if you had your uncle and your cousin and the guy from down the street and your your favorite friend's mom and whatever, and they're all standing around you going like this, kind of. Mm-hmm you know, supporting your shoulders or everything else, shouting what to do. And all of a sudden, even if you fall, there's somebody catching you. There to, to hold you. And it's the same when I'm, when I'm teaching Westerners learning to ride and I'm running along beside him and I've got a hand on, a, on, the, on the saddle so that if he starts to go sideways, I just gently pull him back up. Because he fell once and he didn't like it. And it's, it's scary. It's scary yeah. to fall. No doubt, and yeah. A lot of people fall and can't find their way to get back on the bicycle. So our approach That's a good is to point try too. That's a good point too. People who fall off the bicycle. If you've fallen off a bicycle and you have that kind of pain, 
you're not going to fail fast is not good because then you've got this fear attached. It says, I don't want to get back on it again. It's just not going to happen. I hate bikes. Never going to do bikes again. Well, <laughs> yeah, fail fast like is get back on and fall off again. Get back on and fall off again. It's terrible. Um, yeah. it's a, it's a, uh, truly, it's a, it's a terrible way to think about it. Um, <laughs> failing fast so, and then, then you've got failing forward. That's That's nearly as bad. I mean, yeah, that's even worse. Like if you push the wrong brake and you go over the handlebars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's even worse. So, helmet. Yeah. So wouldn't you rather, Kent, wouldn't you rather find a way to not fail at all? Yeah. And just, and just 100%. From day one. So then, and then I think about the Wright brothers, right? Mm -hmm. um, bicycle mechanics. And they survived all of those crazy tests. And how did they do it? They failed, sure, but they somehow preserved their own lives and figured out how to turn bicycle mechanics into an airplane. I mean, that that's amazing to me. You know, how'd they do it? They did it on sand, so maybe they wouldn't die if they fall, fall down. You know, I don't know enough about it. But the, the, the point of innovation, there's nothing more innovative than what the Wright brothers did. And, and Einstein, what did Einstein talks about? The bicycle and, and, and innovation and how, just think about the in Einstein or in some of these innovators, the joy attached to the fun, attached to the innovation, doing something nobody's ever done before, attached to, I'm gonna succeed. We're gonna do this thing. We're gonna stay afloat. We're gonna figure it out. That's exciting. Yeah. and. I mean, there, there is, <laughs> it's a really interesting topic because there's all sorts of innovative thinking out there, which is, you know, fail fast, we don't like. Fail forward, we don't like. And part of the reason for that is that in a business sense, when a business fails, it's not just the entrepreneur that has to pay for it. Mm. And when a business fails, uh, your employees are paying part of the cost. Your suppliers are paying part of the cost. Your landlord is paying part of the cost. And from a moral perspective, as a business owner or a business builder, you must be able to meet those responsibilities to these other people. So failing fast, going out there with the expectation to fail, is really saying screw you to everybody else because you're the only one that matters. And... I, I'm not a proponent of that way of thinking at all. And so the only way to avoid that is to make sure you don't make decisions that are fatal in the sense that and fall out, crash and burn, but make decisions logically and mitigate the risk before the decision is made, before the action is taken. Yeah. Um, racing forward without understanding the risks and the dangers is a surefire way to crash. And it's a surefire way to fail really fast. And what's so fun about bikes is on the flip side of that, just on a, on a walk with our dog last night, a man, I don't know, maybe 60, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of yeah, business clothes. He came zooming down the street, turned around the corner, just the biggest grin on his face, almost like he had just gotten a big ice cream cone. And he was like, hey, folks. <laughs> and the just unbridled joy of that, that's what I think we also want people to see in their business, 
Is it mm. possible to, to, to see that in people where you, you go through the day and you say, man, that was fun. I worked hard. I, I pedaled up those hills. I did the thing. I, but I prepared in advance. I had my helmet on. I had my bike all tuned up. I, I, I went out when I had time and it was a beautiful day. And man, I, I made it happen. And, and you squeezed every ounce of joy out of those out of those moments, and that's what business should be. It should not be a grind. It should not be something that is adding stress and and worry and concern. It should be pure, unadulterated joy because you're doing what you love doing. You're doing something that matters. You're you're living a life of purpose. And Kent, they're the people we're looking for, right? That's right. Yeah, so what we're doing at Thought Leader Path is working with people who are trying to make a, a bigger impact and want to feel that joy, building a better bicycle or you know, figuring out a, a bigger journey or wanting to change the world in small, meaningful ways. So you can, and you can reach out to us and talk to us uh, personally. You can go to talktokent.com to talk to me or to talk to Randy. Uh, it's... Talk to randybaker.com. Pretty so, easy. Uh, I, I have to, uh, yeah, I have to do both my first and last names. <laughs> Talk to randybaker.com. Yeah. And it's, it's Baker, B A K E R, not Biker. People don't understand my West Texan accent. See, see now I want to, now I want to uh, go by www.talktorandybaker.com. Dot com. Maybe that one will point to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe, a little yeah. cartoon. But thanks, everybody, for, for listening to a piece of this. We really want to hear your bicycle stories, and happy World Bicycle Day. Thanks, everybody. Happy you still World Bicycle Day. You still have that tune queued up? Oh, um, let me see if I can find that again. Hang on one second. Who was it by? That was I had never heard it before. We'd never heard it before. That that was Queen way back, I guess, from the mid seventies. So we can go out with that. A tune oh. called "Bicycle Race" by Queen, nineteen seventy-eight. It says actually. Yeah, so I was close with my seventies. Written by Freddie Mercury. Go check it out on. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Armchair Strategists. We'll circle back with you soon. <laughs>